0: Want to do a quick commercial here for our friends at DAXCO. That is D-A-X-K-O. Owners of Club Automation, CSI Spectrum, MotionSoft, BFP Next. These software platforms go beyond the current club software and provide best in breed solutions to the halo sector. They wake up every day. They're thinking about your fitness community. They're trying to enhance your member experiences, the facility, easy-to-use software for the staff. If you're looking to change your software, if you're looking to get ahead, if you're looking to get to the next level in the halo sector and win, do me a favor. Go to info.clubautomation.com forward slash the experience. That is forward slash the experience. Pete Moore, PD Moe, checking out. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having, coming in from Andover, Mass, a good friend of mine, Adam, Spark Fitness. We're going to talk about taking a big box, turning it into a boutique feel, creating a community, and then digesting it and figuring out what's next. So, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, um, you know, I used to go to US Open Tennis back in the day. I thought I was going to be a ball boy. My uh, parents used to uh, take me to Flushing all the time. So. Talk about your background in tennis and that's how it's kind of like been a linchpin for uh, for your career journey.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, growing up, I just, I, I used to watch tennis on TV and it was one of those sports that I just grew up uh, watching and just fell in love with. I never took lessons. I just would go, I'd go to the park, try to play with my parents, hit, hit up against the wall. And I just started playing on the high school team and ended up uh, going to college. Love, the best parts about tennis are I, I think, are, are the te- is the team aspect, you know, you develop relationships, the social aspect of uh, tennis. Um, so, and and then also, it's obviously that you get the fitness part of it, too. Yeah. So, um, did you play back in high school and college? Yep. Yeah. Well, Talk hi- about that. So, um, so, I grew up in York, Maine. So, it's a small uh, town in the southern tip of, of Maine. But we had a we, we, we had a bunch of guys on the, on the team and we all would hang out, play, play all summer long, all, all spring long and develop my, my best relationships on that team. And so that kind of catapulted me to play in college because I wanted that team aspect, that, that camaraderie when I, went to, when, I, when I played at college. So I went to Merrimack College, which was a, is a small Catholic school in uh, Andover, Massachusetts and played four, four years there. And again, some of my best friends are, are, on that, uh, are from that, that team. Yeah, so my dad uh, plays in the ninth Division down in uh,
0: Wellington. Uh, I think he's capable of playing in the 8th Division, but it would would mess up his social schedule with my my mom. Um, And he slices for a living, basically. So I don't think he's getting the most popular award. I'm going to show you a cameo I got done for him for Father's Day that you'll you'll appreciate with a famous uh, tennis guy. You know, so when you take a look at turning that into a career, You know, a lot of tennis centers over time have been kind of morphed into multi-unit, multi-purpose facilities. Um, You know, one tennis court kind of turns into the functional training area. Maybe you get a couple that turn into pickleball. I've seen tennis centers that have turned into, you know, five-on-five soccer uh, or what have you. So talk about kind of what COVID has done for tennis Mm -hmm. overall. Uh, I'm a big tennis player. I carry around a Babolat bag. It fits perfectly in the overhead. I only have one rack in there, but it looks like I have eight. And, <laughs> you know, if I color my hair, people think I might be playing in a, in a tournament, which I go along with, um, you know. So talk about, you know, the rebirth of tennis, if you will. Sure. And, um, you know, how that's playing a
1: factor in, in how you look at clubs. So, I mean, one of the things is about tennis and why I love the game is that it, it it hits all aspects of what i think people want you know they want they want exercise so that i mean it helps you get fit but they also want friends they want a community they want the people to to uh to do things with and and tennis is is perfect for that you know um and with regards to with kids you it, it teaches a lot of life skills. It's, I mean, it's great physically. It teaches a lot of the skills that you need, but it also teaches how to deal with adversity, how, um, and, and a lot of different life skills that you need. But I don't think we've done as an industry done a great job overall of, of selling the benefits of tennis. And I think actually COVID helped us um, uh, with. Um, bringing people back to the game. I mean, yeah. tennis. We've there's there's five million new tennis players since 2020. Wow. And That's so, awesome. so we got this little uh, window of growth, and now it's a matter of how we can how we can take advantage of that. Um, you know, so it, we started Spark uh, three years ago, right before that pandemic, and we do tennis well, and we work focused on on the community, and so we've always done right from the get-go. We we did it well, but then once COVID hit. And people were looking for a socially distant sport, um, but also looking for that those social connections. That's what has really catapulted our program, and I think other other programs to see that growth in tennis. Yeah, you bring up a good point about the,
0: um, you know, dealing with adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking one point at a time, and in order to play successfully, you really got to kind of wipe out what just happened 30 seconds ago and really refocus or else you just basically just on a downhill slope into losing that game. I remember when I, was, I used to play in, in high school and I used to uh, if I was ever down love 40 I used to play in my head the Rocky and I'm like I'm coming back I'm, I'm getting this game um, you know do you think that the mental health component of what's going on right now and maybe some of these tennis players saying like Oh, I lost the first round. I got to take like three or six months off. Is that... Should we maybe say, Hey, look, let's like kind of harden ourselves up a little maybe and say, you know what? Yeah, we lost this game, but that's part of life. And, and like, what can we learn from that? And don't necessarily like take time off from the game. Like just refocus and, and kind of slow down the tape and let's figure out what happened and then let's keep going forward. I don't want necessarily... And, I, and I'm, I'm very sensitive to what people's mental health conditions are but I also like, I want to keep score, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want people to say, yeah, something bad happened and I, I'm going to bounce back from that. So how do you kind of ingrain that into the culture of what you're doing and not, you know, maybe mm-hmm. kind of going down a path of like, you know, we're not going to keep score or it's okay that you lost this point or how do you kind of view it? Cause we were brought up, you know, in the same era yeah. of, you know what, that coach yelled at me and, and he yelled at me for a reason. Yeah. You know, and he got me back on and maybe that's not
1: as socially acceptable anymore, but it worked for me. Right. You know, I mean, you just you just hit one of the best parts about tennis is like is dealing with adversity, dealing with lost points. Rafael Nadal um, at the French Open wins 52 percent of the exactly. points that he that he plays. Right. You know, he's the best clay quarter in the world. He's won 14 French Opens or something like that, and he wins 52 percent of the points that he plays. Um, you know, and that's so a you, great
0: stat. I didn't know that.
1: You have to you w- deal with tennis. I think there's great lessons to be learned by dealing with diversity, stress. I mean, anybody that's play is down a break point and has to hit a second serve knows a, a little bit about how to deal with stress. You know, my my um, my son um is grew up playing tennis and he, and he and he enjoys it. We don't push him, but he enjoys it. And um, he was uh so he's had to deal with some of that stress and. We, he was playing in a middle school the middle school soccer championship game and he's a he's a pretty good player he's not the best player on the soccer team but the best player on the soccer team they they, they, um, they got to the, the they were in the finals got to overtime played overtime still tied they had to do a shootout and and so Alec my son Alex he was one of the five kids and so the best player on the soccer team steps up to hit the hit the penalty kick and he, he choked he missed it wide rights you know, Alex goes up there having the experience of being the only one on a tennis court, yep. having having to hit all those pressure second serves, he just goes up there and and hits it into the and into the into open goal. He didn't and ultimately that they won they won the championship. Awesome. But it was one of those things where you you learn how to deal with adversity. You have to deal with losing yeah. in tennis and yeah. I think and, and and hardship and you know and, and so some of the toughest people I know are, are tennis players. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, um, I tell us a lot, but I, I used to play goalie back in the
0: day in soccer, not for the right reasons. One, because I was taller than everyone. I was uh, I used to uh, eat a lot of sugar as a kid, so I was a little bit chubby. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, I can use my hands. I don't have to run around. This is awesome. And then, um, you know, if we lost the game, obviously I'm like the last line of defense. And my mom would say, it's okay. It got past the other ten kids. You know, I can get past you. And I'm like, but I'm the only one who's allowed to use their hands. You know not a great you know conclusion to the story um but i felt like that anxiety and dealing with that stress at an early age mm-hmm. um really kind of like was able to like help me through a lot of situations yeah. that you know were, were tough to get through or just say hey you know what i'm feeling right now i've felt this before so it's not concerning to me i know how this feels i know what right. it feels like we're two minutes left in a soccer game we're up two one and you know, there's a, there's a corner kick. Like, I feel that all the time. Right. Right? So, um, you know, as, as you kind of take a look at, at the development in Spark Fit and maybe talk about, you know, how you built this community, how important the culture is and how you maintain that.
1: Yeah. So when we we were very purposeful about when we, when we started Spark, um, we did not want to just be a gym where people would come to the gym and, and, and just jump on the treadmill. I mean, we have that there, but who makes an emotional connection with the treadmill or, or the, or the bench press? Well, I
0: thought I, th- I think some of those connected
1: fitness companies at home thought they were gonna have an emotional connection with people, right. Without talking to them, right? And so, but that's not who what we wanted to be. I mean, like I mean, Planet Fitness does a great job with that. We that's not what, what we who we are. We wanted uh, we wanted to get to know our, the, everybody. We wanted to make those connections with us and each other, and. It, Actually, what, what we did was right away with tennis, with CrossFit, with our bootcamp classes, with Zumba, we started to make those, those strong connections and really try to, to foster that. And it really kind of helped us get through COVID. You know, when, when, when March 17th hit and we were all forced to close down, um, we all felt that sense of loss. Not, I mean, we were all scared, nervous what was gonna happen, but we also felt that sense of loss with, with our people. And we would actually, after COVID, once we reopened, people were very resilient. They wanted to come back. They wanted to come back to their people yep. and, and to get, get back to working out and, and that type of thing. But I think it was really those, those emotional connections that people were ma- that had made previous to COVID um, that now have just amplified all, twofold. And so now we are, so with us, we have a great community with our staff. We have really, we have, we're growth-minded, we're, we're high-performing, but we care about one another and we want each other to grow. Um, but we also f- push that forward with our, with our with our community, with the people that, that come into the club every single day.
0: Got it. So, you know, you've worked, you've been on a number of different teams. Yeah. You know, you work for other people at, at, at different facilities. How did you kind of purposely put your special sauce on this or like this, this, SparkFit is basically a representation of adam yeah. and how do you do that from a hiring standpoint how do you do that from when you walk around the club you know my the best health club operators in the over the times that i used to tour clubs are the guys that walk around and you know they're picking up garbage in the in you know you feel like a little rapper or even like a you know a straw uh yeah. in in the parking lot even for like 30 rows deep you know or guys that walk in and they say like you know, they're, like, cleaning the glass, walking mm-hmm. in, or, you know, they're talking to someone about a piece of equipment that it wasn't put back on, right? So how do you kind of put your special touch on it, also be able to delegate and also say, like, okay, I'm going to do the best I can to basically have this in my image? Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about that, because I feel like that is what really creates... A special place yeah and you can't forget about those little things that that you push
1: down right so I mean for me I've I've always been a hard worker I've always cared about what I've done and I always wanted to do something special and great and in doing that I also realized that the best part of what I was doing was making an impact on people's lives and I think that's one of the big reasons why people get into this industry is they want to have a positive impact on people's lives but I also but also what happens though, is, is that I also wanted to be held accountable. And I also wanted other people around me to be held accountable. And I wanted to have that foster, I mean, that, that be part of the culture. And and so when, we, when I decided I wanted to do Spark, I wanted to have people that were passionate about being great, but also passionate about making a difference in people's lives. And I also love surrounding myself with people that that pushed me that i admire and when when i went when i started spark i was i'm lucky enough to actually have a dream team people that are the best of in in their industry i mean i've heard you talk about how important it is to have have the best people around in in their, in their industry i i'm lucky that i my my operations manager is knows everything and about running running the back end of a fitness club yeah. and and she's extremely organized my director of fitness I would put her up against anybody in in the industry our new director of tennis is as good of a tennis player and a coach and a person as, as I know and and and, be, and with that is your leadership and we've hired other leaders that are of, of the same cloth and it just filters all the way down and so they all every we all have this um we all have high standards for our the work that we put in we all have a high passion for what we what we want to do and that is the culture here and so and i and because i care about them and their personal growth and their professional growth and their families they in turn do that to their staff and they in turn do that with the people that walk through our door every single day and so i feel that I think is our secret sauce. You know, we have great programming, we have great coaching, but it's really that, that culture of, of, of caring for one another and really pushing one another.
0: And, and when you take a look at a, a show like this, that we're, that we're here at URSA, mm-hmm. Miami Beach, and you take a look at all the technology, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what software you're using and how you, as a person who innately cares more about what's happening below the data, well, like, what's the data telling me? And then let me go and fix it, you know, you know on a human level, not through an email. I'm actually going to talk to somebody, you know, maybe talk about that. Because one of the things that is really intriguing right now is you've got all this data analytics. yeah. And, you know, people will tell you what the data means. And I think they can't really tell you what the data means until you talk to the, somebody at the club, you know, yeah. and, and talk to the member. So how do you think
1: about utilizing data and, how do, and what, what software platform are you guys on? Right now we're on MindBody, and we're, we're trying to figure out if that's the best one for us. Um, to be quite honestly, we're, we're looking for something that will do exactly what you're talking about. Us. Let us connect to our members more, give our, mem- our membership a, a, better, a, a better experience. We are, we're getting, we're going to my zone. So, uh, and so for that, we, so we can help, we can make their experience better so that they're, um, they're working out more efficiently. Right. And, and they know how they're how they're working out. That is the, so. Those technology is something that we would like to use to enhance our community, enhance our culture, um, to improve our members' experience, to prim, uh, to improve that connection with each other. Gotcha, gotcha. And then you know, as you take a look at
0: this All Star team that you put together, mm-hmm. we get groups that come to us all the time and say, "I want to build another five, and then I want to build ten, and I want to build fifteen, and I want to build 20. Dah, dah, dah. You know. Part of the growth is not based on, like, how much capital you can absorb. But part of growth is saying, like, how do I replicate this experience and not lose, you know, a lot of a lot of club chains historically have kind of unraveled when you get to a certain point where it's, you know, you can't control the culture, you can't control the system, so on and so forth. So how do you think about in this post-COVID environment, you're helping thousands of people, right? Mm -hmm. You're employing. At least you know fifty to a hundred people on yeah. average, probably more. Um, how do you think about what you need to do to satisfy like your own objectives at the same time, there's no shame in owning like a couple of awesome
1: locations yeah. and saying my growth plan is to keep doing what I'm doing
0: you right
1: know? yeah I mean so we are we are looking to grow, and what my strategy has been is 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 to accumulate and acquire amazing great people and figure out a way to, if, if we don't have a spot find a figure a way to to, to, right. to get keep them in, and keep them thriving and so far we've been able to do that you know and so we I have um, seven on my on my leadership team and and they are the top but they're the best of the best and we are con- continuously looking for that and I think you know we have a culture here that is 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 Looking to push people to give people um, the opportunity to grow professionally and personally, and I and I think you, and if if we're not doing that as our business, if if we're saying we're going to push you, and you're we're going to allow growth, but we're not doing that as a company, then I, I, it, there's there's a disconnect. So I mean, right now we are we're we're doing that as per as a company and uh, as a staff.
0: Yeah, I mean, two t- two points. One is. Um, you know, a lot of people do grow because they feel like they need to give more opportunity and challenges yep. to their team. So that's totally legit. The second thing that, I, that just came up, and it may be an aha moment for me. Imagine you sat down and you said, look, I'm going to go find another location, but I'm not going to even look for one until I identify the team mm-hmm. that's going to go and do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always in reverse. It's always, I got the awesome location, I'm going to sign this lease. Now how are we going to staff it? Yeah. And if you think about it, if we were... Um, you know, a tribe back in the day, and we said, "Hey, we're gonna go and post up like another X number of miles down, yeah. and kind of build our village out." Who's going? Yeah, right. The first thing you do is say, "Like, who wants to go?" And mm-hmm. then we go and find out where we're going. Sure.
1: So. You know, and so I mean, like, we're we, we have four we have four tennis courts currently at, at Spark, mm-hmm. and we have I have myself who's done that. I have a director of fit a director of tennis. I have a head pro, and I have. 13 other tennis pros yeah. and on four tennis courts and of course that's overkill for four tennis courts if that was our, our that was our end result uh-huh. but it's the fact that we're trying we are we're, we're looking to grow and we want to we want to be the we want to be the best and so or as best that we can right. and um and so so we're, we are uh we're in that mode right now of, of acquiring talent gotcha so when you take a look at,
0: you know, optimizing revenue on a tennis court, yeah. you know, over time or pre-COVID, people say, no, it's just not a great use of the square footage here. And we're gonna, you know, put some turf down or we're gonna cut it up or what have you. Talk about how you've kind of looked at the different types of people that are, that are going to Spark and how you're setting up a schedule there you know, where it's like, you know, obviously kids' tennis has always been huge. Yeah. But now, you know, a lot of my friends say, hey, I went to this, uh, you know, tennis clinic. You know, and, and, you know, people like 50 and above now are saying, I actually want to get better at this and I want to turn it into like a social networking, uh, not just saying like, I don't play tennis. Right. So how, how do you kind
1: of think about the schedule and then also having an open time? And- all, so all our tennis is, is based or is, is based around social, competitive, getting better, we're, um, but we're, like, our, our most popular tennis program is, I'm not a big fan of the traditional cardio tennis, so we, we've kind of created our own, and it's our most popular program. On sun, Saturday and Sunday morning, we have four courts, we have 32 people coming to do our version, Sparks' version of cardio tennis. Um, and so, uh, and then we have at nine and then the next hour, we have the next hour and a half, we have another thirty-two people, you know. And so we're we're satisfying over a hundred people on on in three hours on the on the, on the tennis that's court, and, and and so we, we and we do that throughout the week. And so we can, we're what we're trying to do here is, is trying to create a community because I mean like a fit, that's a fitness class, so people are getting they're having fun, they're improving their skills, they're meeting new people, they're getting fitter. Cool. We're checking all the boxes with, with, with that And then we have teams and then we have socials and then we have Ron Robin which is creating that connectivity with, 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 with our with our members And all the and a lot of these people are doing their fitness are doing personal training, are doing our bootcamp classes are doing cycling or or CrossFit. So I mean we are we're, we're trying to create opportunities for people to to enjoy the game of tennis. Um, but also uh, introduce them to other things in, in, the, in the club And know oh, by the way other people the, the people in the fitness gym are also seeing the fun that's happening on the tennis court yeah. and, and we're, we're constantly looking at trying to create uh, waves avenues for them to come try the game that's great
0: that's great so in closing here you know as you think about what a spark fit is going to be in the future are all these pieces of the puzzle, you know, kind of replicatable? Are there certain things you're going to gonna add? You know, I, there's a lot of groups that say, oh, I'm going to take a, a couple of tennis courts. I'm going to turn them into pickleball. There's going to be, you know, I'm going to do daycare. I'm not going to do daycare. So, you know, as a, uh, an influencer, if mm-hmm. you will, on this podcast, say, if you have this type of facility, you know, here's some, some of the things that, you know, you as an innovator, a first mover, I'm going to say, this is where I'm headed.
1: I mean, we are we are diving in, in very much into with regards to tennis, group tennis. I mean, like we are. I mean, anything that is is is, divide, is with the weather. Well, like I said to you before, some sort of cardio tennis. We are definitely going into. Um, we promote teams. We have the most USTA teams in New England on a four court facility because we believe in the fact that people enjoy being a part of a team. And I've heard you saying that yeah. too. Um, you know, and, and it, we, we I think. Magic. The magic happens when you have a coach and a group of people that hold each other accountable. And whether that's in tennis, whether that's in fitness, and I I think that then that's where that's where we're headed.
0: Awesome. So in closing, here I'm going to uh, I'm going to play for you what I did for my dad Mm -hmm. for a, uh, and and then we'll let him uh, let him put some music on at the end here. Uh, but it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you. And I uh, look forward to coming out and playing tennis. I actually have my tennis racket with me. I got my Babolat bag. Let's go. And, uh, and this, is the, uh, this is what I had done for my dad for Father's Day. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you get Patrick McAurell on the cameo, and we'll get all these celebrities and influence up to spark that good okay. to see you, man. Welcome to, uh, Welcome to the Halo sector officially. Thanks for reaching out and uh, we'll check in on your success. Thank you very much. Awesome.